Section twenty six of the Phenomenology of Mind, Volume two, by George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, translated by James Black Bailey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by phone. Chapter seven B, subsection C, the spiritual work of art. The national spirits, which find their being in the form of some particular animal, coalesce into one single spirit thus it is that the separate artistically beautiful national spirits combine to form a pantheon the element and habitation of which is language pure intuition of self in the sense of universal human nature takes when the national or tribal spirit is actualized this form the national spirit combines with the others which together with it constitute through nature and natural conditions one people in a common undertaking and for this task builds up a collective nation and with that a collective heaven this universality to which spirit attains in its existence is nevertheless merely this first universality which to begin with starts from the individuality of ethical life has not yet overcome its immediacy has not yet built up a single state out of these separate national elements the ethical life of an actual national spirit rests partly on the simple confiding trust of individuals in the whole of your nation partly in the direct share which all in spite of differences of position take in the decisions and acts of its government in the union not in the first instance to secure a permanent order but merely for a common act that freedom of participation on the part of each and all is for the nonce set aside this first community of life is therefore an assemblage of individualities rather than the dominion and control of abstract thought which would rob the individuals of their self-conscious share in the will and act of the whole the assembly of national spirits constitutes a circle of forms and shapes which now embraces the whole of nature as well as the whole ethical world they are too under the supreme command rather than the supreme dominion of one by themselves they are the universal substances embodying what the self-conscious essential reality inherently is and does this however constitutes the moving force and in the first instance at least the centre with which those universal entities are concerned and which to begin with seems to unite in a merely accidental way all that they variously accomplish but it is the return of the divine being to self-consciousness which already contains the reason that self-consciousness forms the centre for those divine forces and conceals their essential unity in the first instance under the guise of a friendly external relation between both worlds the same universality which belongs to this content has necessarily also that form of consciousness in which the content appears it is no longer the concrete acts and deeds of the cult it is an action which is not indeed raised as yet to the level of the notion but only to that of ideas the synthetic connection of self-conscious and external existence the element in which these presented ideas exist language is the earliest language the epic as such which contains the universal content at any rate universal in the sense of completeness of the world presented though not in the sense of universality of thought the minstrel is the individual and actual spirit from whom as a subject of this world it is produced and by whom it is born his pathos is not the deafening powers of nature but mnemosyne recollection 
a gradually involved inwardness the memory of an essential mode of being once directly present he is the organ and instrument whose content is passing away it is not his own self which is of any account but his muse his universal song what however is present in fact has the form of an inferential process where the one extreme of universality the world of gods is connected with individuality the minstrel through the middle term of particularity the middle term is the nation in its heroes who are individual men like the minstrel but only ideally presented and thereby at the same time universal like the free extreme of universality the gods in this epoch then what is inherently established in the cult the relation of the divine to the human is set forth and displayed as a whole to consciousness the content is an act of the essential being conscious of itself acting disturbs the peace of the substance and awakens the essential being and by so doing its simple unity is divided into parts and opened up into the manifold world of natural powers and ethical forces the act is the violation of the peaceful earth it is the trench which vivified by the blood of the living calls forth the spirits of the departed who are thirsting for life and who receive it in the action of self-consciousness there are two sides to the business the universal activity is concerned to accomplish the side of the self in virtue of which it is brought about by a collection of actual nations with the prominent individualities at the head of them and the side of the universal in virtue of which it is brought about by their substantial forces the relation of the two however took formerly the character of being the synthetic connection of universal and individual that is of being the process of ideal presentation on this specific character depends the judgment regarding this world the relation of the two is by this means a commingling of both which illogically divides the unity of the action and in a needless fashion throws the act from one side over to the other the universal powers assume the form of individual beings and thus have in them the principle from which action comes when they effect anything therefore this seems to proceed as entirely from them and to be as free as in the case of men hence both gods and men have done one and the same thing the seriousness with which those divine powers go to work is ridiculously unnecessary since they are in point of fact the moving force of the individualities engaged in the acts while the strain and toil of the latter again is an equally useless effort since the former direct and manage everything overzealous mortal creatures who are as nothing are at the same time the mighty self that brings into subjection universal beings violates the gods and procures for them actual reality and an interest in acting just as conversely these powerless gods these impotent universal beings which procure their sustenance from the gifts of men and through men first get something to do are the natural inner principle and the substance of all events as also the ethical material and the pathos of action if their cosmic natures first get reality and the sphere of effectual operation through the free self of individuality it is also the case that they are the universal which withdraws from and avoids this connection remains unrestricted and unconstrained in its own character and by the inexhaustible elasticity of its unity 
extinguishes the atomic singleness of the individual acting and his various aspects preserves itself in its purity and dissolves all that is individual in the current of its own continuity just as the gods fall into this contradictory relation with the antithetic nature having the form of self in the same way their universality comes into conflict with their own specific character and the relation in which it stands to others they are the eternal and resplendent individuals who exist in their own calm and are removed from the changes of time and the influence of alien forces but they are at the same time determinate elements particular gods and thus stand in relation to others but that relation to others which in virtue of the opposition it involves is one of strife is a comic self-forgetfulness of their eternal nature the determinateness they possess is rooted in the divine subsistence and in its specific limitation has the independence of the whole individuality owing to this their characters at once lose the sharpness of their distinctive peculiarity and in their ambiguity blend together one purpose of their activity and their activity itself being directed against an other and so against an invincible divine force are a contingent and futile piece of bravado which passes away at once and transforms the pretence of seriousness in the act into a harmless self-confident piece of sport with no result and no issue if however in the nature of their divinity the negative element the specific determinateness of that nature appears merely as the arbitrariness of their activity and as the contradiction between the purpose and result and if that independent self-confidence outweighs and overbalances the element of determinateness then by that very fact the pure force of negativity confronts and opposes their nature and moreover with a power to which it must finally submit and over which it can in no way prevail they are the universal and the positive as against the individual self of mortals which cannot hold out against their power and might but the universal self for that reason hovers over these mortal selves and over this whole world of ideal presentation to which the entire content belongs and is for them the empty form of bare necessity not determined conceptually a mere event to which they stand related selfless and sorrowing for these determinate natures do not find themselves in this purely formal necessity this necessity however is the unity of the notion a unity dominating and controlling the contradictory independent subsistence of the individual moments a unity in which the inconsistency and fortuitousness of their action is coherently regulated and the sportive character of their acts receives its serious value in those moments themselves the content of the world of ideal presentation carries on its process in the midst unrestrained and detached by itself gathering round the individuality of some hero who however feels the strength and splendour of his life broken and mourns the early death he sees ahead of him for the actual individuality firmly fixed in itself is isolated and excluded to the utmost point and severed into its elements which have not yet found each other and united the one individual element the abstract unreal moment is necessity which takes no share in the life of the mediating term just as little as does the other the concrete real individual element the minstrel who keeps himself outside it 
and disappears in what he ideally presents both extremes must get nearer the content the one necessity has to get filled with it the other the language of the minstrel must have a share in it and the content formerly left to itself must preserve in it the certainty and the fixed character of the negative this higher language that of tragedy gathers and keeps more closely together the dispersed and disintegrated moments of the inner essential world and the world of action the substance of the divine falls apart in accordance with the nature of the notion into its shapes and forms and their movement is likewise in conformity with that notion in regard to form the language here ceases to be narrative in virtue of the fact that it enters into the content just as the content ceases to be merely one that is ideally presented the hero is himself the spokesman and the representation given brings before the audience who are also spectators self-conscious human beings who know their own rights and purposes the power and the will belonging to their specific nature and who know how to state them they are artists who do not express with unconscious naivete and naturalness the merely external aspect of what they begin and what they decide upon as is the case in the language accompanying ordinary action in actual life they make the very inner being external they prove the righteousness of their action and the pathos controlling them is soberly asserted and definitely expressed in its universal individuality free from all accident of circumstance and the particular peculiarities of personalities lastly it is in actual human beings that these characters get existence human beings who impersonate heroes and represent them in actual speech not in the form of a narrative but speaking in their own person just as it is essential for a statue to be made by human hands so is the actor essential to his mask not as an external condition from which artistically considered we have to abstract or so far as abstraction must certainly be made we thereby state just that art does not yet contain in it the true and proper self the general ground on which the movement of these shapes produced from the notion takes place is the consciousness of the first form of language where the content is ideally presented and its details spread out without reference to self it is the commonality in general whose wisdom finds utterance in the chorus of the elders in the powerlessness of this chorus the generality finds its representative because the common people itself compose merely the positive and passive material for the individuality of the government confronting it lacking the power to negate and oppose it is unable to hold together and keep within bounds the riches and varied fullness of divine life it allows each individual moment to go off its own way and in its hymns of honour and reverence praises each individual moment as an independent god now this god and now again another where however it detects the seriousness of the notion and perceives how the notion proceeds to deal with these forms shattering them as it goes along and where it comes to see how badly its praised and honoured gods come off when they venture on the ground where the notion holds sway there is not itself the negative power actively setting to work but keeps itself within the abstract selfless thought of such power confines itself to the consciousness of alien and external destiny and produces the empty wish to tranquillize and feeble ineffective talk intended to appease 
in its terror before the higher powers which are the immediate arms of the substance in its terror before their struggle with one another and before the simple and uniform action of that necessity which crushes them as well as the living beings bound up with them in its compassion for these living beings whom it knows at once to be the same with itself it is conscious of nothing but ineffective horror of this whole process conscious of equally helpless pity and in fine the mere empty piece of surrender to necessity whose work is apprehended neither as the necessary act of character nor as the action of the absolute being within itself spirit does not appear in its dissociated multiplicity on the plane of this spectacular consciousness the indifferent ground as it were of presentation it comes on the scene in the simple diremption of the notion its substance manifests itself therefore merely torn asunder into its two extreme powers these elementary universal beings are at the same time self-conscious individualities heroes who put their conscious life into one of these powers find therein determinateness of character and procure their effective activity and reality this universal individualization descends again as will be remembered to the immediate reality of existence proper and is presented before a crowd of spectators who find in the chorus their image and counterpart or rather their own thought giving itself expression the content and movement of spirit which is object to itself here have already been considered as the nature and realization of the substance of ethical life in its form of religion spirit attains to consciousness about itself or reveals itself to its consciousness in its purer form and its simpler mode of embodiment if then the ethical substance by its very principle broke up as regards its content into two powers which were defined as divine and human law law of the netherworld and law of the upper world the one the family the other state sovereignty the first bearing the impress and character of woman the other that of man in the same way the previously multiform circle of gods with its wavering and unsteady characteristics confines itself to these powers which owing to this feature are brought closer to individuality proper for the previous dispersion of the whole into manifold abstract forces which appear hypostatized is the dissolution of the subject which comprehends them merely as moments in itself and individuality is therefore only the superficial form of those entities conversely a further distinction of characters than that just named is to be imputed to contingent and inherently external personality at the same time the essential nature in the case of ethical substance gets divided in its form that is with respect to knowledge spirit when acting appears qua consciousness over against the object on which its activity is directed and which in consequence is determined as the negative of the knowing agent the agent finds himself thereby in the opposition of knowing and not knowing he takes his purpose from his own character and knows it to be essential ethical fact but owing to the determinateness of his character he knows merely the one power of substance the other remains for him concealed and out of sight the objectively present reality therefore is one thing in itself and another for consciousness the higher and lower right come to signify in this connection the power that knows and reveals itself to consciousness and the power concealing itself and lurking in the background 
the one is the aspect of light the god of the oracle who as regards its natural aspect light has sprung from the all-illuminating sun knows all and reveals all phoebus and zeus who is his father but the commands of this truth-speaking god and his proclamations of what is are really deceptive and fallacious for this knowledge is in its very principle directly not knowledge because consciousness in acting is inherently this opposition he who had the power to unlock the riddle of the sphinx and he too who trusted with childlike confidence are therefore both sent to destruction through what the god reveals to them the priestess through whose mouth the gracious god speaks is in nothing different from the equivocal sisters of fate who drive their victim to crime by their promises and who by the double-tongued equivocal character of what they give out as a certainty deceive the king when he relies upon the manifest and obvious meaning of what they say there is a type of consciousness that is purer than the latter which believes in witches and more discriminating more thorough and more solid than the former which puts its trust in the priestess and the gracious god this type of consciousness therefore lets his revenge tarry for the revelation which the spirit of his father makes regarding the crime that did him to death and institutes other proofs in addition for the reason that the spirit giving the revelation might possibly be the devil this mistrust has good grounds because the knowing consciousness takes its stand on the opposition between certainty of itself on the one hand and the objective essential reality on the other ethical rightness which insists that actuality is nothing per se in opposition to absolute law finds out that its knowledge is one-sided its law merely a law of its own character and that it has laid hold of merely one of the powers of the substance the act itself is this inversion of what is subjectively known into its opposite into objective existence turns round what is right from the point of view of character and knowledge into the right of the very opposite with which the former is bound up in the essential nature of the substance turns it into the furies who embody the right of the other power and character awakened into hostility the lower right sits with zeus and throne and enjoys equal respect and homage with the god revealed and known to these three supernatural beings the world of the god of the chorus is limited and restricted by the acting individuality the one is the substance the power presiding over the hearth and home and the spirit worshipped by the family as well as the universal power dominating state and government since this distinction belongs to the substance as such it is when ideally presented not individualized as two distinct forms of the substance but has in actual reality the two persons of its characters on the other hand the distinction between knowing and not knowing falls within each of the actual self-consciousnesses and only in abstraction in the element of universality does it get divided into two individual shapes for the self of the hero only exists as a whole consciousness and hence includes essentially the whole of the distinction belonging to the form but its substance is determinate and only one side of the content distinguished belongs to him hence both sides of consciousness which have in concrete reality no separate individuality peculiarly their own receive when ideally represented each its own particular form the one that of the god revealed the other that of the furies keeping themselves concealed in part both enjoy equal honour 
while again the form assumed by the substance zeus is the necessity of the relation of the two to one another the substance is the relation one that knowledge is for itself but finds its truth in what is simple two that the distinction through and which actual consciousness exists has its basis in the inner being which destroys it three that the clear conscious assurance of certainty has its confirmation in forgetfulness consciousness disclosed this opposition by action through doing something acting in accordance with the knowledge revealed it finds out the deceptiveness of that knowledge and being committed in view of the inner meaning to one of the attributes of substance it did violence to the other and thereby gave the latter right as against itself when following that god who knows and reveals himself it really seized hold of what is not revealed and repents of having trusted the knowledge whose equivocal character since this is its very nature had to come also before it and admonition thereanent to be found the frenzy of the priestess the inhuman shape of the witches the voices of trees and birds dreams and so on are not ways in which truth appears they are admonitory signs of deception of want of discernment of the individual and accidental character of knowledge or what comes to the same thing the opposite power which consciousness has violated is present as express law and authentic right whether law of the family or law of the state while consciousness on the other hand pursued its own proper knowledge and hid from itself what was revealed the truth however of the opposing powers of content and consciousness is the final result that both are equally right and hence in their opposition which comes about through action are equally wrong the process of action proves their unity in the mutual overthrow of both powers and the self-conscious characters the reconciliation of the opposition with itself is the leth of the netherworld in the form of death or the leth of the upper world in the form of absolution not from guilt for consciousness cannot deny its guilt because the act was done but from the crime and of the atoning consolation and peace of soul which absolution gives both are forgetfulness the disappearance of the reality and action of the powers of the substance its component individualities and of the powers of the abstract thought of good and evil for none of them by itself is the real essence this consists in the undisturbed calm of the whole within itself the immovable unity of fate the quiescent existence and hence want of activity and vitality in the family and government and the equal honour and consequent indifferent unreality of apollo and the furies and the return of their spiritual life and activity into zeus solely and simply this destiny completes the depopulation of heaven of that unthinking mixture of individuality and ultimate being a blending whereby the action of this absolute being appears as something incoherent inconsistent contingent unworthy of itself for individuality when attaching in a merely superficial way to absolute being is unessential the expulsion of such unreal insubstantial ideas which was demanded by the philosophers of antiquity thus already has its beginning in tragedy in general through the fact that the division of the substance is controlled by the notion and hence individuality is the essential individuality and the specific determinations are absolute characters the self-consciousness represented in tragedy knows and acknowledges on that account only one highest power zeus 
this zeus is known and acknowledged only as the power of the state or of the hearth and home and in the opposition falling inside knowledge merely as the father of the particular knowledge assuming a definite shape he is the zeus acknowledged in the taking of oaths the zeus of the furies the zeus of what is universal of the inner being dwelling in concealment the further moments taken from the notion begriff and dispersed in the form of ideal presentation moments which the chorus permits to hold good one after the other are on the other hand not the pathos of the hero they sink to the level of passions in the hero to the level of accidental insubstantial moments which the impersonal chorus no doubt praises but which are not capable of constituting the character of heroes nor of being expressed and regarded by them as their real nature but further the persons of the divine being itself as well as the characters of its substance coalesce into the simplicity of what is devoid of consciousness this necessity has in contrast to self-consciousness the characteristic of being the negative power of all the forms that appear a power in which they do not recognize themselves but perish therein the self appears as merely allotted amongst the different characters and not as the mediating factor of the process but self-consciousness the simple certainty of self is in point of fact the negative power the unity of zeus the unity of the substantial essence and abstract necessity it is the spiritual unity into which everything returns because actual self-consciousness is still distinguished from the substance and fate it is partly the chorus or rather the crowd looking on whom this movement of the divine life fills with fear as being something alien and strange or in whom this movement as something closely touching themselves produces merely the emotion of passive pity partly again so far as consciousness co-operates and belongs to the various character this alliance is of an external kind is a hypocrisy because the true union that of self fate and substance is not yet present the hero who appears before the onlookers breaks up into his mask and the actor into the person of the play and the actual self the self-consciousness of the heroes must step forth from its mask and be represented as knowing itself to be the fate both of the gods of the chorus and of the absolute powers themselves and as being no longer separated from the chorus the universal consciousness comedy has then first of all the aspect that actual self-consciousness represents itself as the fate of the gods these elemental beings are qua universal moments no definite self and are not actual they are indeed endowed with the form of individuality but this is in their case merely put on and does not really and truly suit them the actual self has no such abstract moment as its substance and content the subject therefore is raised above such a moment as it would be above a particular property and when clothed with this mask gives utterance to the irony of such a property trying to be something on its own account the pretentious claims of the universal abstract nature are shown up and discovered in the actual self it is seen to be caught and held in a concrete reality and lets the mask drop just when it wants to be something right the self appearing here in its significance as something actual plays with the person which it once puts on in order to be its own person 
but it breaks away from this seeming and pretence just as quickly again and comes out in its own nakedness and usual character which it shows not to be distinct from the proper self the actor nor again from the onlooker this general dissolution which the formally embodied essential nature as a whole undergoes when it assumes individuality becomes in its content more serious and hence more petulant and bitter in so far as the content possesses its more serious and necessary meaning the divine substance combines the meaning of natural and ethical essentiality as regards the natural element actual self-consciousness shows in the very fact of applying elements of nature for its adornment for its abode and so on and again in feasting on its own offering that itself is the fate to which the secret is disclosed no matter what its position with regard to the independent substantiality of nature in the mystery of the bread and wine it makes its very own this self-subsistence of nature together with the significance of inner reality and in comedy it is conscious of the irony lurking in this meaning so far again as this meaning contains the essence of ethical reality it is partly the nation in its two aspects of the state or demos proper and individual family life partly however it is self-conscious pure knowledge or rational thought of the universal demos the general mass which knows itself as master and governor and is also aware of being the insight and intelligence which demand respect exerts compulsion and is befooled through the particularity of its actual life and exhibits the ludicrous contrast between its own opinion of itself and its immediate existence between its necessity and contingency its universality and its vulgarity if the principle of its individual existence cut off from the universal breaks out in the proper form of actual reality and openly usurps and administers the commonwealth to which it is a secret harm and detriment then immediately there is disclosed the contrast between the universal in the sense of an abstract theory and that with which practice is concerned there stands exposed the entire emancipation of the ends and aims of the mere individual from all universal order and the scorn the mere individual shows for such order rational thinking removes contingency of form and shape from the divine being and in opposition to the uncritical wisdom of the chorus a wisdom giving utterance to all sorts of ethical maxims and stamping with validity and authority a multitude of laws and specific conceptions of duty and of right rational thought lifts these into the simple ideas of the beautiful and the good the process of this abstraction is the consciousness of the dialectic involved in these maxims and laws themselves and hence the consciousness of the disappearance of that absolute validity with which they previously appeared since the contingent character and superficial individuality which mere presentation lent to the divine beings vanish they are left as regard their natural aspect with merely the nakedness of their immediate existence they are clouds a passing vapour like those presentations having passed in accordance with their essential character as determined by thought into the simple thoughts of the beautiful and the good these latter submit to being filled with every kind of content the force of dialectic knowledge puts determinate laws and maxims of action at the mercy of the pleasure and levity of youth led astray therewith and gives weapons of deception into the hands of solicitous and apprehensive old age restricted in its interests to the individual details of life 
the pure thoughts of the beautiful and the good thus display a comic spectacle through their being set free from opinion which contains both their determinateness in the sense of content and also their absolute determinateness the firm hold of consciousness upon them they become empty and on that very account the sport of the private opinion and caprice of any chance individuality here then the fate formerly without consciousness consisting in mere rest and forgetfulness and separated from self-consciousness is united with self-consciousness the individual self is the negative force through which and in which the gods as also their moments nature as existent fact and the thoughts of their determinate characters pass away and disappear at the same time the individual self is not the mere vacuity of disappearance but preserves itself in this very nothingness holds to itself and is the sole and only reality the religion of art is fulfilled and consummated in it and is come full circle through the fact that it is the individual consciousness in its certainty of self which is shown to be this absolute power this latter has lost the form of something ideally presented separated from and alien to consciousness in general as were the statue and also the living embodiment of beauty or the content of the epic and the powers and persons of tragedy nor again is the unity the unconscious unity of the cult and the mysteries rather the self proper of the actor coincides with the part he impersonates just as the onlooker is perfectly at home in what is represented before him and sees himself playing in the drama before him what this self-consciousness beholds is that that which assumes the form of essentiality as against self-consciousness is resolved and dissolved within its thought its existence and action and is quite at its mercy it is the return of everything universal into certainty of self a certainty which in consequence is this complete loss of fear of everything strange and alien and complete loss of substantial reality on the part of what is alien and external such certainty is a state of spiritual good health and of self-abandonment thereto on the part of consciousness in a way that outside this kind of comedy is not to be found anywhere End of section twenty six